Welcome to episode one of Ours is the Fury, the weekly Ottawa Fury podcast, brought to you by Ryan, Blogsmith, and myself. Um, to start things off, I think it would be good to introduce everyone. Um, Blogsmith, why don't you start? Hi, my name is uh, Blogsmith. I write a blog about the Ottawa F- Fury FC, and I'm also on Twitter. Uh, yeah, my name is Ryan. It's uh, at Coxon, C-O-X-O-N. Um, I do a little bit of stuff for Canucks Abroad, and I'm just a big football fan. Yeah, my name is John. People know me from Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Foosball underscore A. Um, I also uh, run a soccer blog, uh, the same one Ryan and Bloxman's actually contribute to, which is um, uh, Canucks Abroad, www.canucks-abroad.ca. And I'm also a member of the Stony Monday Riot. Why don't we start giving a history of the Ottawa Fury and how they came to be? Well, on uh, June 20th, 2011, the Ottawa Fury were given a team in the NASL. And in uh, February 26th of last year, they're given a name. And on May 26th, the same year, they're given their badge. And they, uh, they start play next week. Like, let's talk about uh, the name giving for a moment there. Like, wasn't it like a bit of a farce? Like, they gave us a bunch of options, but in the end, it sort of felt like they had predecided already what the name was. It did feel that way. Um, I think a lot of it's a lot of those things are like marketing exercises to test the waters to see if the name is what they've decided is a good name. So they throw out a few choices. And then I don't think they're taking seriously any suggestions that were coming in. No. But so, I think it's more just a test if their name that they had was good. So how does everyone feel about the name? Uh, me, personally, I, I, I don't mind it. There's a, there's a history with the, with the Fury. There's a history as a youth club in the city. Um, I heard of the Fury, like, years before I moved to Ottawa. Like, the, that's a name that's recognized throughout the country. Um, they could have been worse. They could have named the team the Blizzard, <laughs> which every every city in Canada has had a pro team called the Blizzard. So, yeah. Uh, I was initially I was uh, not very happy with it, but it is uh, it's grown on me. It's the name. It's not going to change. So I'm very acceptable of it. All right, I'm I'm okay with the name. I mean, I'm just really excited to finally have a pro club to support in Ottawa. Um, I don't know too much about the NASL, but we'll get into that later. Maybe we should talk a little bit about our president, John Pugh. Uh, maybe, Ryan, you can tell our listeners a little bit about this guy, like what his origin is and how did he, how he, became, you don't know? Uh, yeah, well, I know, I know he moved to Canada from England. Uh, he did play football at a high level. He played uh, in the FA Cup himself. Uh, he had a software company of some sort. 
Uh, and then he bought the Fury. The Fury already existed, and I'm, I'm not sure how long ago. And he ran a very successful youth program for a while. And uh, the teams have always been very, very competitive, always first, second place kind of thing, men and women. So he's invested a lot of money into both programs, which is great to see. And, uh, yeah, I think he will have a competitive side in the NESL, too. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. Yeah, for sure. And I just wanted to mention that he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Like, he's very approachable. Um, on the away game that we'll get to later, when we went to Rochester, he came up to us and said hello to all the fans individually. And it just seems like we, we're really lucky with the president that we do have. Uh, why don't we get into um, the Ottawa Fury player signings? Um, I mean, this was a very exciting time for us because it's a brand new team. So every week there would have, there was like a new signing and we were just wondering like, who's it going to be? Like, what do we know about them? Um, who, who do you guys think are like the biggest prospects? I think prospect wise, Hamza Elias really stands out. Really young guy from Ghana. Very fast, very technical. Also a uh, Canadian, uh, Carl Hayworth. Yes, this is a very good striking option up front. Yeah, who I am not sure. Blogsmith, did you watch any of the PDL games last year? I went to a PDL game last last year. Okay, very good. I saw them. They scored a bunch of goals. Yeah, like Ryan and I saw quite a few of them, and we were quite uh, quite amazed with with Kyle Hayworth for sure. We're, yeah, we're happy to to have him on the team, and the same goes for uh, Chad Bush, the uh, probably the third. Goalkeeper yeah. on the on the team. He had an incredible year last year in the PDL. Yeah, he, I think he allowed one goal in the time he played all last year. For sure. And then, who do, who would you guys say is like our star signing? Uh, name player. I don't know about name player, but player that's done a surprise. Well, player that's on control a lot of the play. I think Nicky Patterson and Ryan Ritchie in the middle. Those two, they they have full control of the middle. Uh, they played very well. Yeah, and Patterson was, of course, our very first signing. Um, and we can expect one of those two probably to become the captain, which should be decided next week or so. Uh, another big signing that we've had uh, is probably uh, Maicon, the uh, Brazilian who played over in Portugal and later on in uh, in Cyprus. And I think he's actually played in Champions League qualification, so that's his claim to fame. <laughs> uh, it's good to have him in the NASL. Uh, another big player from Brazil would probably be Minatel, the, the forward, who has, has looked very strong in the first two games, but we'll get to that. I think uh, Ubi Perepovic has, for the games I've seen, the two games they've had in Quebec, he's been by almost by far the best player on the team. He seems most technical. He has awesome, great dribbling abilities. And I think he's going to be he's going to do really well on this team. Yeah, he has a history with uh, with the coach. Like a lot of this team has been built because of Dos Santos connections. Uh, a lot of players have come in because of uh, Nash's connections. So there's they got a good team in place there as far as coaching and bringing players in and bringing players in for not spending a lot of money, like say India's done or well, not that India spend a lot of money by. North American sports terms, but for second division soccer, they have. And yeah. Yeah, so I think there's a solid... solid there's a lot of chemistry already built into this mm -hmm. team that's a brand new team. Yeah, and personally, what I'm really excited about is just the number of Canadian players we have. Like, I think it's 11 altogether, and uh, it'll be just great to see... 
for these players to use the Fury as a platform to um, to get noticed for the national team, and it would be wonderful to see them on a biweekly basis here in Ottawa. Um, go not, ahead, Ryan. Not really Canadians for the sake of Canadians either. They're actually solid players. I remember when TFC started seven years ago, and seeing the seeing MLS seven years ago is I'd say this team is better than uh, MLS expansion team seven years ago, like where the MLS was seven years ago. Like realistically, like NESL is nowhere close to MLS right now, but if you take this year's MLS squad or this year's NESL squad and compare them to MLS seven years ago, it's close. It's very close. If not, some teams are even better. Um, another player who's interesting is Omar Jaroun, who, who's a central back. He came. He actually played for the Palestine national team, and we've seen in, him in action a few times. Um, Ryan, how would you describe his mentality? Um, intense. He, he, he reminds me of a... I don't know the character type, but I, I wouldn't want to be on his bad side. I've seen him get mad a couple times already. Uh, same thing with Richie Ryan, bit of a temper there. Um, but it's good, the team, they really stand up for each other. They're really intense. Uh, a friend of mine said, oh, there's going to be a bunch of red cards. I think there probably will be a few red cards. Um, but at the same time, you want players that care about each other, too. Yeah, and that that really have the will to win, and sometimes in the heat of the moment that that might just happen. Um, maybe we can talk about the formation just a bit, like the team, the way it has been uh, uh, built together. You can clearly see that Dos Santos wants to play four three three, so we, they want to be an attacking side, and uh, they want to be based on possession. And um, I think that's actually quite exciting when we compare that to. The way FC Edmonton were set up the last few years, playing quite defensively and barely ever scoring a goal. So I'm quite happy about it. Yeah, we're probably going to concede a lot more goals and we might not do that well in the first season, but at least it, it should be exciting to watch. It's going to be tough playing uh, offensively as a new team because defense needs to be organized at the back. And I think the, from the couple games I've seen of the uh, exhibition games, they've been rather disorganized they don't really know what's going on so hopefully the coaching staff can get that uh, get that down before the season starts yeah but we got to remember it's preseason like these guys haven't been playing together for very long and um, those kind of mistakes happen but I, I do agree with you I'm a little bit worried about um, some of those mistakes that we've seen in the preseason which uh, we will talk uh, about more after the break Welcome back to the uh, Hours is the Fury podcast. What we're going to do now is talk a little bit about Ottawa Fury's preseason. So basically, we're undefeated. That's good. We've won three games. We've tied two. Um, but we haven't really pay, uh, played against anyone above or at the same level. Like, the highest team we've played was against Rochester Rhinos, which ended 1-1. And um, maybe, Ryan, you can tell us a few things about this game since we both made the trip to New York. Well, it was very cold. That's for sure. Sure was. Um, and felt sorry for Brazilian players that joined the team in their, their first outdoor game. <laughs> but, um, no, they, they, they looked good. A lot of great movement. Uh, Tommy Heinemann. Heinemann brought the ball down every, every time. He, he looked like a, a, men, a man among boys kind of thing. And uh, 
They did very well up front. They didn't have a lot of scoring chances. I think we counted two or three. Yeah, that I mean, kind of concerned us. Their goal came from a penalty that a penalty that Minotel uh, won. won, and then I think scored as well, if I remember yeah. correctly. He, he took his own penalty this time, unlike the first game in in Gatineau. Um, yeah, the team looked good. Uh, the, what worried me is um, they're playing teams that are far below them. Like Ro- Rochester was last place last year in the USL Pro, and so. Not that there's a lot of difference between third and second division, but... Um, what do you think uh, Dos Santos' thinking is behind this? Do you think it was just hard to, to find more competitive teams in the area? Or, like, why is he not going against, you know, the the uh, reserves of Montreal Impact or something along those lines? They're more of a confidence booster. Playing lower teams, you can you can work the ball more. Yeah, you're not gonna get creamed. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Maybe he wanted to avoid a, a young team that really has very fragile self-esteem at this point to be creamed. But then again, it's preseason, and that's what preseason is for—to uh, try things out. And the results don't really matter that much. No, you could tell in the York game as soon as they went up two nothing, they kind of parked the bus. Oh, yeah, they, they didn't really move forward. Yeah, they could have beat York by three or four more goals if they really wanted to. Syracuse put up a bigger fight. Yeah. Yes. And they did come back a few times in that game. And there's a couple of good players for Syracuse. There was. Not that the Syracuse. Yeah, the guy that we call Blondie, I can't remember his <laughs> name. Like he's, he, he had a Scandinavian name, but he scored both goals, and he looked really threatening up there. He was a number 10, I think. Right? Yeah. Could maybe, have been. maybe they'll do some scouting for years to come. Yeah. In the Fury. What was the name of the complex where the Ottawa Fury played their games in in deep in Quebec? Uh, Blanchon-Pierre. Yeah, that was actually a pretty cool place, I thought, and it was really great to finally see the Ottawa Fury play their first ever game, and there was lots of support. Yeah, both times it was full. I think it only hold, holds 400 people or so, so, but it was full. Like You had to show up early to get a good spot. And so that's nice to see. Hopefully, uh, I've been told the first game's going to be a sellout. Um, it's 5,000-seat stadium, temporary stadium at Carleton University. It's going to be cold that day. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially on those bleachers. <laughs> and, and the winter that never ends. So. Yeah, that's Ottawa. <laughs> um, so the two remaining uh, uh, preseason games that we haven't talked about yet were over in Florida, so we're pretty dedicated about the team, but we're not dedicated enough to make that trip. Although we would love to, but we're poor. <laughs> uh, uh, we lost four uh, zero. Lost. We won four zero uh, against St. Mark, Florida, which I believe is a university team. Blocksmith, do you remember any of the details of this game? Uh, they won handily. I um, I know from the two games they played in Florida. Uh, the three new guys, Hamza Elias, Mykon, and Vinny Dantas, had very, really, really good games, which is good to see, being so new. Yeah, and then they also won 2-1 against the Floridians, which I believe is a PDL team. Um, and I believe Hayworth scored one, and the second was scored by... Uh, Vinny Dantas. Oh, Dantas got a goal? Yeah. Nice. Um, did, did he come in as a sub? Because the last two games he came in as a sub. He I came, believe so. So he's going to be like the utility player that, that comes in 70th minute, 80th minute. There's an interesting dynamic between the form, the four three three formation is they have the one up front striker. And Vinny Dantas, I think, 
is the lead for that. Mm-hmm. But Tommy Heinemann, I think, can only play that role. I yeah, don't think I can't can play see on the him on the wing. No way. No, no. He's yeah. too. He's the big man in the middle for yeah. sure. Yeah. But he, like we discussed previously, he does that job really well. Like if you pay, if you play any high ball up front, he's going to be there, collect it, distribute it, hold on to it. Um, he just his weakness is like he's he doesn't score a lot of goals or hasn't in his career so far. So hopefully in in the NASL where the level is a little bit lower, he'll find the, the net more often. So basically that uh, wraps up uh, of, uh, Fury's preseason, and then we're going to have our very first game in the NASL on April 12th against the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. What do you guys think our starting lineup will be? Let's start with the goalkeeper position. Um, so we have three keepers, Gorick, Bush, and Dibili. Um I happen to be in the camp that believes that Gorick is going to be the keeper just because he's the oldest, he has the most experience. What do you guys think? I think Gorick is going to start up front, but uh, I wouldn't be too surprised at halfway through the season that DeBellis takes on that role. I think he's more of the accomplished striker. I think he's more skilled in that position. Yeah, for sure, Gorick is... I think uh, Dos Santos said as well that Gorick right now on, on paper is his number one. I don't know if that was a thing to make them compete more to get the position, but uh, I think Gorick's on the start. Um, I've seen Bush play a whole bunch. He's a very good keeper. Good size, too. I do hope to see Bush in there a few games. Yeah. I think I'd like Bush. to see him improve. He's going to be very, very good Yeah, in a few years. So for the, um, the defensive role, so there will be four defenders, of course. Probably Omar Jaroon and, uh, and uh, Trafford in the uh, central backs. Mm-hmm. In the middle, yeah. And then we have Mike on. Is he left back? Yes. Yeah, and Frizenga probably is right back. Can we go with that? Yeah. And then obviously our two defensive midfielders are. There's no going to be any surprises there. That's got to be Richie Ryan and Nicky Patterson. Definitely stand-up players. And uh, that leaves one more midfielder, right? And it does. I believe it. Uh, Ubi Perepovic takes that. Oh yeah. You pronounce that name very well. Thank you. I, yeah. A lot of practice. I, I practice, but I'm still not <laughs> going for it on air. I'm not touching the first name. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we have the three forwards, two wingers and target men. Um, probably too early for Kyle Hayworth to start, although I'd like to see him. Um, Ghanaian, Ghanaian wonder boy, um, Elias, he's not going to play either. He's, uh, he, he, had, he missed half the preseason. Um, so, but probably Minatel is going to play. I, I think probably Heinemann's going to be there in the center, no? Yeah. Minatel, is he still injured? He had a minor knock there. Yeah, but it was minor. Like, okay. I'm pretty sure he'll be back in okay. time. Yeah, I see Minatel, Heinemann up front, Dantas on the other wing. Although I think Dantas probably plays better in that striking role. But if uh, Dantas goes front and they have Heinemann on the bench, I see Mayard. Coming in on the wing, he's done very well in this preseason. So I want to ask you what you thought of him. I saw him, what, 15 minutes in one game? Yeah, he was great in the uh, Syracuse game. He scored the uh, second goal. Yeah. He's a very uh, very quick guy, very big. Good position. Yeah, he played up front. He scored that goal, as I said. And um, later on in the game, he was actually playing a little defense. So he's very versatile. So we don't really... Um, like I should speak for myself. I don't really know the NASL that well. But if I 
if I'm correctly informed, the Fardale Lauderdale strikers are probably the best opponent we could have had in our first game because they're not... They, they weren't one of the better teams in the past, right? No, they were... Last year, they were the worst team well, as a combined record. Yeah, San Antonio's the worst, probably. But yeah, record-wise. So, you know, we should be happy that we got them. And, you know, if we get slaughtered by Lauderdale strikers, we have a problem. <laughs> we know that much. And something to consider is you want to play as many games down south while it's cool. At the height of summer, we don't want to be playing those games in Texas or Florida. Because that's a, that's a problem in this league. Especially us teams that had black jerseys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we do now. Which we do have black jerseys. But our road jerseys are white and red. So, I mean, if the Fury can go down there get a win or scrape out a really good draw. I think that'll be very good for them going forward in the really shortened NASL spring season. For sure. And then the the week after, of course, we're going to play our very first home game. Uh, Minnesota United will be our opponent. And um, obviously we're going to have an extensive preview of that uh, in the next podcast. Yeah. That's, and they're, they're a team that uh, is a very, very good team. Always, since the start of NASL 2.0, they've... Uh, been one of the top teams. Uh, their main strikers hurt Campos, but they they quickly replaced them, and they're they're definitely going to be uh, a top three team this year in NESL. Yeah, they went over to England and they trained over in England, played a few games over there, and I think they're really they're really prepared for the season. So, guys, if you had to print a, a name of a particular player on the back of your jersey, who would it be and why? Ryan. Ooh. You surprised me with that one. <laughs> um, Donatelli. Thank you. He's my favorite player right you now. You just love his hair. That's I just love his hair. It's like it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It was all greased back, and I'm like, wow. What a great... He just, he just looks like a real footballer. What about you, Blogsmith? I think I'd take Hamza Elias. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, I will probably go with Tom Heinemann just because of uh, I, I heard he has German citizenship, <laughs> so the German Canadian in me has to support. Him. But I also saw that Minatel also has a German passport. But this is according to Transfermarkt, so I don't know how correct that information actually is. But uh, yeah, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the third part and final portion of the podcast. And now we should talk about what we're really, really most excited about, which is the Voyagers Cup tie against FC Edmonton, which will be on April 23rd, first in Ottawa, and then a week later there will be the uh, away tie in Edmonton. Do you think we have a chance, Blogsmith? Uh, of course we have a chance. It's going to be hard. I think Colin Miller in Edmonton is under a lot of pressure to win early. And uh, it's going to be tough heading to Edmonton during the midweek if we need a result. I think it's going to be really hard, but we have a shot. I think uh, Edmonton being they're still a defensive team, and how we seeing our chances offensively in the preseason games. Um, I think if a team has our number in NASL, it's going to be Edmonton because of the two styles. Um, so that 
a few weeks ago, I was like, yeah, we'll get past Edmonton. Can't wait for the impact to come and, you know, the road trip to Montreal and all that. It'll be great. But now I'm, like, a little worried about Edmonton um, just because yeah, of the styles of the two teams. And they bought well. Like, they bought... Um, what are the names of those two offensive players that they bought? Tommy Amiobi. Yeah. From England. Yeah. And Frank Jonke. Yeah, that's right. He played, like, in Finland for quite some time, I think. Yeah, Canadian guy. Yeah. I think it's going to be really hard for a really young team playing such a condensed schedule so early in the season and to have a game out west in Edmonton. I think it's going to be really hard for them. Yeah, and, I mean, Edmonton is also a notoriously difficult place to go to. I mean, they have, like, the worst pitch on earth. and our team Which will, they are fixing. They are fixing, but it's still... Um, It requires quite a few practice rounds, I think, to get used to. And FC Evan will definitely have that advantage. But, I mean, if we just uh, beat them high enough at home, let's say a 3-2 or a 3-1 at home, and then we lose by a goal in Edmonton, we can still go through. So that's kind of the score lines that I'm hoping for. You guys have any predictions? Very low-scoring games. 1-0 games, my predictions for both. Um, as of now, no one has um, stepped up and said that they would bro broadcast the game. I mean, that would be really sad if uh, this Voyager's Cup game was, would not be shown on television. Um, Sportsnet owns the rights to all the Voyager's Cup games, um, but they said they're not going to show the Ottawa-Edmonton games, but they are going to show the Whitecaps-Toronto-Montreal games. Um, but still, this is like our cup, you know, this is like the FA Cup equivalent yes. <laughs> uh, to Canada, although it's not as open, it only includes five teams, but there's so few games, like at least broadcast those games, come on. Well, at, at least, least a stream. At least yeah. give us access to a stream. Well, they own like 90 channels, so. <laughs> <laughs> right? Rogers owns like every sports channel. <laughs> yeah. Like they could put it on goal TV, like I'd rather watch that than some rerun of... of a German league game or something. No. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> no, but like, they, there's no reason why it shouldn't be on TV. And and I kind of disappointed. I thought the club would work better for a TV deal. Um, years ago, seven, eight years ago, I used to watch uh, the A-League with the Impact and the Whitecaps on like Radio Canada, like on French TV. Yeah. And like in Alberta. <laughs> so I was watching Impact Games on French TV out of Edmonton. Right. Yeah. And but we can't even get a. a like What a is the current deal. TV situation for the Ottawa Fury? Like, how can people from away or or us watch away games? Well, the uh, NESL just uh, released last week their NESL Live, which for thirty uh, dollars a year, you can uh, watch every game. The NES, NESL, they'll ar archive games so you can watch games later on in the week when you have time. It's actually a very good streaming s service. Yeah, and I mean, it's not that expensive. It's like 30 bucks for the season. Yeah. Or like the other option is like five bucks a month or something like that. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, $5 for uh, 30 months. 30 days. They do have a 10-day day trial for free if you want to try it out. Actually, we're not sponsored by the NASL. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> no, none of that money is coming to us. Yeah. I watched a bunch of games last year, and some of them were really hard to watch. 
Yeah. Like, quality-wise. Hopefully yeah, but, the streaming service does improve. Yeah, they, they, we're not going to see any more games where there's just, like, one camera of one, from one angle. Um, it's going to be, like, close to TV production, I, I imagine, this time around. At least that's what NASL has promised. Um, another uh, big talking point that we just have to talk about when we uh, discuss Ottawa Fury is, of course, Lansdowne Park or TD Place. Um, because when we open our fall season against New York Cosmos, it's supposed to be completed. And uh, as far as I know, they're, they're on schedule. Maybe, Blogsmith, you're, you're a little bit more informed on this subject. Maybe you can talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Red Blacks open, are scheduled to open on the Friday, which is July 18th, and then the Fury on the Sunday, the July 20th, against the Cosmos, are scheduled. From all accounts, uh, Lansdowne Park is uh, on schedule. And should be open those days. Uh, I believe last week they finalized the veil, the wooden veil around the south south end. And uh, yeah, it should be a great place to go watch a game. Yeah, I talked to my girlfriend about this, uh, how excited I am about the stadium. Uh, and all she cares about is that big organic superstore that they're opening up in that uh, <laughs> complex. <laughs> I'm really excited about the, uh, the movie theater where you can drink beer. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. Although I'm scared of what uh, they're going to charge for beer. And what Considering be- what, what they charge for popcorn. What beer they're going to serve. I mean, if they save the same beer that they serve in the stadium, we have a problem. Yeah, no comment on any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you buy your season tickets, they also said you can't sneak in your own beer. So. Finally, we should just... Uh, Discuss a bit of the jersey situation. Like, are you guys happy with the jersey that came out last week? Was it like last weekend? I think. Yeah, it, uh, it was last released? Saturday. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. I like the the white and the red. I, I really like that jersey. That's the away kit, right? Yeah. Yeah. The home kit. I thought it looked when it came out. It looked worse than what they originally had done. I don't like the red on the the shoulder blades thought that was a little too much but they do look good they're they're original yet classic Ryan um, it's definitely different you don't see a team in North America with that style and, um, there's you know in North America you always see hoops or all white all red uh, I'm glad there's no like giant maple leaves on anything um, that's I always found that tacky it was rather interesting that um It turns out we still don't have a shirt sponsor because the jersey was supposed to be revealed last fall and they said it was delayed because they haven't finalized the sponsorship deals and now it's come out and there's no sponsor on it, which personally I love. That's why I bought both jerseys because I think it's going to be neat to have them without any sponsor on it. But uh, that that was kind of strange, don't you guys think? Um, something fell through, obviously. I'm assuming something fell through. I'm assuming they had somebody and I guess maybe... The TD sponsorship of Lansdowne might have nilled that. You, you mean it could have been like another bank? Yeah, I mean, BMO is uh, is known to sponsor a, a Canadian kit. And I, I noticed a lot of in the online where they have like when you buy your season tickets and they show the views for concerts, and there's a lot of Scotia Bank ads. Yeah. Really? And then, yeah, and the, the stadium's TD. So I thought that was interesting, like maybe. There was a conversation at one time or something. Yeah, it's very nice without the, the kit sponsors. I'm glad they didn't go with OSEG like the Edmonton did with the, the, fat, the fat group. Yeah, OSEG is, of course, the ownership group that uh, 
yeah owns the the club uh, as well as the uh, football team and the uh, what is the third one hockey team the 67s yeah well, I'm really unaware all I watch is soccer I know nothing about other sports so yeah well OSEG <laughs> is a is a company here in here in Ottawa for you people not from Ottawa uh, they own uh, the Ontario Hockey League franchise They they are running the new CFL team, the Canadian Football League team, the Red Blacks, and they will be doing the N, they own the NESL team as well. So um, they're all playing in the same building. So there's a nice rink underneath the stands that holds 10,000 seats. Uh, our soccer stadium, Lansdowne Park TD Place, is 22,000 seats. We don't expect to fill it, but I I think people are going to be surprised by the numbers and. Uh, We won't have football lines, which is very important because we are sharing with a Canadian Football League team. So they have a Zamboni similar to what they have in Seattle. They'll be taking the football lines off. I heard it's a 24 to 48 hour turnaround time. Yeah, I have heard mixed reports. Like when I went in and bought my season tickets, one of them said it takes a couple hours and the other guy said it takes about 24 hours. So And, I, and I've heard 48 hours. <laughs> so <laughs> there's uh, mixed messages here for sure. Um, maybe before we uh, end things here, are we done? Uh, you you want it to be done, don't you? I think everybody else feels the same way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, maybe we can talk just about the the three different supporter groups that have emerged for the Ottawa Fury. Um, so we have the Bytown Boys, who were there first and have been around for a few years already. Then we have the Stony Monday Riot and the Fury Ultras. Maybe I think Ryan is kind of the expert in this. Maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about the different supporters groups and their identities. Okay, yeah. Well, the Bytown Boys started um, when Capital FC of the uh, Canadian Soccer League, uh, they, they started a supporters group then. Very, very well uh, supported, that team. Um, they would travel and see them. Very loud bunch of guys. They're bringing the noise, apparently. And so there's, they have a history, and they followed uh, the Fury even with the PDL, so there's a lot of respect for them there. Um, Stony Monday Riot is uh, new. It's for uh, it's only been for the Fury, but uh, they support soccer throughout. And then there's the Fury Ultras, who seem to be the most badass of the three. Yeah, did you see that logo they, uh, the they three, showed? Three-headed hound of hell. But yes. aren't they all seniors? <laughs> no, no, they're, no, there's some serious guys, I think. Uh, I know a lot of them are uh, Impact followers, and they're Impact season ticket owners, So, and they're the ones that have been responsible for some of the more exciting in-stadium antics. So, Such yeah, as? I don't know. I don't Flares? Know. Or? I don't know. I've just heard so... But I'm I'm excited. I think it's a good group uh, of all the supporters groups. They're all they're all got their own style. Uh, some crazier than others. Some are more traditional cheering supporters group. Yeah, so there's definitely uh, something for everyone there. And uh, I'd say this pretty much concludes our first ever podcast. So for all of you who stuck with us till the very end, thank you so much for listening. This is our first time ever making a podcast. None of us really have any podcasting experience. So bear with us. We'll try to improve week by week. And um, we're hoping to be quite reliable and um, release a podcast uh, after each match day where we're going to review the match and also preview the next one. And finally, um, for now, the best uh, way to stay in touch with us is via 
the Twitter platform, and we're definitely going to ask uh, question of the week. So watch out for that. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, uh, my uh, Twitter handle is at foosball underscore a. And uh, Ryan, how can people get in touch with you? Um, Twitter, it's uh, at coxon c o x o n. Um, maybe check out the Canucks Abroad site. It's Canucks Abroad ca. That's correct. And the Twitter <laughs> handle is at Canucks underscore abroad to make things confusing. <laughs> and Blogsmith, how can uh, people get in touch with uh, you? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at blogfuryfc. And uh, how can they find your Ottawa Fury blog? On Twitter. <laughs> okay, for those people that don't <laughs> use Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it like Ottawa Fury FC blog at blogspot or something yeah something like that <laughs> you just type in auto of fury fc and it's i think it's the first up. one yeah. that comes up perfect let's uh listen next week um when we will uh, discuss our very first ever nasl game against the fort lauderdale strikers and preview the following match which will be against minnesota united thanks for listening and have a good day <laughs> <laughs> better listen to us. <laughs> okay. That's going at the end. <laughs>